As the world change, as business change, everybody understands in the business community, you have to adapt to your environment. You have to grow, you have to modernize, otherwise somebody else is going to to, to leapfrog you. Yeah. And then what are you doing? And, and it's not about the business, it's about the people. Welcome to Jefferson Parish Pulse, powered by JEDCO, a podcast designed to showcase the businesses, organizations, and individuals that make up the heartbeat of the Jefferson Parish economy. I'm Kelsey Scram. This week on the Jefferson Parish Pulse, we interviewed Tom Yura, Chief Operating Officer of Cornerstone. This powerhouse company produces a variety of products that we use in our everyday lives. The company employs 500 people and produces 2.5 billion pounds of product a year. The business has a long history in Jefferson Parish, and they look forward to continued growth and success in the future. On this episode, Tom and I talk about Cornerstone's focus on innovation, emphasis on taking care of its people, corporate responsibility, and creating the next generation of skilled workers for the local manufacturing industry. Tom's knowledge and passion for this industry shine through during this interview. I really enjoyed learning about this 60-year-old company and what it means to Jefferson Parish. I hope you will enjoy it too. So I am here with Tom Yura, Chief Operating Officer of Cornerstone Chemical Company. Uh, thank you so much for being on the show with us. No, thank you. I certainly appreciate the opportunity to talk with you a bit. All right. So we're gonna we have lots of questions. I'm gonna dive right in. Let's talk about Cornerstone. What does this business manufacture? So we have four major product lines here at our Wagaman facility: uh, acrylonitrile, melamine sulfuric acid and urea. These are base products uh, that are used as starting building blocks, I would say, in any production value chain. And uh, it's, it's some exciting times that we have here, so I look forward to, uh, to talking a little bit more about each and every one of them. Wonderful. We are so excited about this. I did a little research just a tiny bit before we, we met today, and I saw on your website that what you produce can be used in a variety of ways, from iPhones and TVs all the way to military uses. Can you talk about how some of these products are used and you know, where we can find them? Absolutely. You know, part of, part of dealing with chemistry is you have very big, long names. In some cases, people don't know how to spell them or how to pronounce them, and, and sometimes they can even sound a little scary, right? And for, for me, it's fun to actually connect what we do on a daily basis to what every person uses every day to make it not be so scary after all. Acrylonitrile is a great, great uh, uh, example of that. So acrylonitrile uh, is a, a base building block for things that you step on every day at home, like Legos. So that's one of those first things that you do. Uh, The next time that you're at the New Orleans airport and getting on an airplane, that airplane, that new modern airplane, may very well be made out of carbon fiber. And the carbon fiber is what makes a plane lighter weight, stronger, which saves fuel, which actually contributes to a lower carbon footprint. So there's some very cool applications. And you may have even seen some of our billboards uh, around the parish now where we are a key enabler for the U.S. military to fly faster, lift more. That'll be the next group that comes out. So it's a very, very high-tech molecule that allows automobiles to reach those fuel efficiencies of 35, 40, 50 miles per gallon because of light weighting. Uh, It's, you know, if you ever have Legos, have you ever noticed they never fade in color? (laughs) So acrylonitrile has a great 
property where when you have your colorants in it, it, it doesn't fade over time. So huh. it's a very durable molecule that you'll mm. find in, as you said, iPhones, TVs. It's, it's a very, very good, uh, a good, reliable product. And again, high tech nowadays. Some of the other products that we have, uh, one of the neat ones is urea. Uh, urea is, a lot of people may have heard it from a fertilizer, but what you may not hear so much is that actually is a great molecule to scrub emissions from diesel engines. So DEF, diesel exhaust fluid. So the urea that we make, not only is it a raw material for some of the other products we have here, it's actually something that reduces emissions. So when you go to the hardware store or you go to automotive store and you buy something called DEF Blue, mm -hmm. or for those that drive diesel engines or diesel vehicles, and you go to the fill-up station to put diesel in, uh, you go ahead and top off your emissions reduction system that's our, our product every day. Wow. So that's that's an example of at least two. And, okay. of course, the other one, everybody has some version of manufactured furniture in their house, whether it's desks, shelving, office. One of the products we make, melamine, is a key ingredient that goes in making the wood hold together, providing that good top coating that doesn't scratch so easy, and kind of binds and holds all that together. So whether you're seeing the Legos in your house, whether you're building Legos on your table or putting them on a shelf, uh, or whether you're uh, looking at those, those new high-tech uh, autos or airplanes, you're going to find Cornerstone in every bit of that. I love that. It is exciting to me to know, and, and I'm sure very much so to, for Jedco as well, to know that there are so many applications for these these products that are being made right here and shipped everywhere. Sure. we just You just don't see our name on it, right? right? I mean, Intel did a great job of Intel Inside, right? So if you would understand every product of your life that you touch every day, we're probably going to be in pieces of that in one way or another. You just don't know it. That is wonderful. Yep. We love to know that Jefferson Parish has their hands on everything, right? That's correct. <laughs> That's, That's correct. great. So Cornerstone has been in business since 1952. Can you share a little bit of the company's history with us? I'd love to. So, you know, we've we've been here in Jefferson Parish, as you mentioned, since 1952, and we've been proud to be here and do what we've we've done. Started as American Cyanamid. American Cyanamid wanted to come to Louisiana and utilize great Louisiana natural gas. Right? It's something that's abundant. Mm -hmm. uh, it's something that is the building blocks. Right? Kind of like the Legos, building blocks for our, our industry, our chemical industry, and. Uh, they established here. Uh, they established here with the uh, the premise of building production units for ammonia, then methanol, and acrylonitrile, which is we still do. So, it's not it's it's not uncommon. It's not common today that you find a business that started over sixty years ago with a product like acrylonitrile, and we're still growing it today and doing it. So that's that was the reason: is abundant resources, great people uh, to build, operate, and and run our facilities. And so over time, uh, adding a few more products, there are a few products that also we stopped producing. Methanol was one. So hmm. some of the sometimes people think, ah, oh, you're here, you'll never go away. That's not true. Look at businesses that come up and go down. That's why innovating, finding new uses, continuing 
continuing to grow, continuing to replace aging mm-hmm. assets and manufacturing assets is so important. Most people don't have their cars from 1966. Right. Or if you do, you call them a classic and you pay <laughs> sure. a lot of money. Or the same thing. You've got to modernize. You've got to build and you've got to expand. And so throughout the years and the decades has passed, uh, American Cyanamid uh, did just that. And then uh, in uh, as, as the company started to grow and move in different directions in 1993, SciTech industry was uh, spun off from American Cyanamid. So focusing on specific molecules while American Cyanamid did its thing. And then as recently as 2011, SciTech industry was renamed to Cornerstone Chemical Company. And so couple different names along the way, same proud heritage, same proud individual, obviously same uh, same great location. But as we all evolve over the time, so has our industry and so has the site. And we're certainly looking forward and excited to writing the next chapters for Cornerstone here in Jefferson Parish. That is just so wonderful. And, you know, we've done a couple of these interviews over the last few weeks, months, Um, And one of the things that I've heard from all of the manufacturers that we've talked to, the ones that have, these guys have been very successful, is that ability to pivot and innovate and change change direction a little bit. So I, I love that you mentioned that as well. That's fantastic. Right. I mean, that that's the natural course. Nothing sits still. I mean, if you think about, I mean, growing up as kids, the mall, you hung out there all day. Nobody ever envisioned things like Amazon. Uh, right. And so, and so as the world change, as business change, everybody understands in a business community, you have to adapt to your environment. You have to grow. You have to modernize. Otherwise, somebody else is going to, to, to leapfrog you and then what are you doing and and it's not about the business it's about the people you know today we've got uh, almost 500 full-time cornerstone employees 200 full-time contractors on the site so it's not about a big corporate enterprise it's about the lives of the individuals that work here each day it's about the job multiplier which is usually six to eight so if you think about 500 direct then all of a sudden you're thinking about an additional 400 local people in the community or surrounding that provide maintenance services, lawn service. So we are our own ecosystem here. So we, we owe it to everybody that, that we touch in a positive way to continue to evolve. And that's what I like about my job. I now now get to start thinking about where's Cornerstone going to be three, five, ten years from now and, and, and work hard every day to, to help set us up for success because there's a lot of people that depend on on us truly and people really are kind of the heartbeat of of the economy and our community right i mean it's just that's so wonderful i love i love the way you guys think that's fantastic um switching gears here a little bit cornerstone is also home to the cornerstone energy park which houses several other manufacturers on the site including dino noble um, an 850 million dollar ammonia production facility which jedco helped to attract to the community a few years back um, can you talk about about Dino a little bit, but also um, some of the other tenants that occupy the site? Sure. So I think one of the unique prospects that we have here at our manufacturing complex is we are we have we bring in natural gas, propylene, some of the basic building mm-hmm. blocks, and then we add value down. So we are what you call an integrated manufacturing complex. And so what does that mean? A lot of people have heard the term farm to table, mm-hmm. right? You have yep. the farm in the back and you harvest that and then you turn the tomatoes into sauce and the sauce goes into pizza 
then you have people come in. Yeah. Our integrated manufacturing complex is the same thing. Huh. We start with something so simple as natural gas, mm -hmm. and at the end of the day, we're, we're creating a molecule that goes to making the U.S. military faster and stronger, right? And so... By doing, having this manufacturing complex, we invite partners in that can add value, right? And so for us, we consume ammonia. So that natural gas goes to ammonia, ammonia into our, our acrylonitrile, and then our acrylonitrile out goes to the carbon fiber maker. Mm. So this has a huge benefit. It has a huge benefit in that it reduces our overall carbon footprint because mm. we're not transporting material long distance. Sure. It's, it all stays here. Uh, it's safer because we reduce the amount of times you handle these molecules back and forth and responsible care mandates that you always look for safer and more effective ways to, uh, to do this. So you're finding a partner like Dino, having other partners here like Rome that can take a co-product and add value reduces waste, it improves and reduces our carbon footprint, it reduces the handoff, it, it makes us a safer, more effective way to produce the products that we have. And so we are always on the lookout for that next great partner. And Jetco is, is, is also a great help in attracting those right people that could either take a byproduct, a waste stream, and how can you make more value? Reduce waste, reduce our footprint, and, uh, and make us better. And so Dino's been a, a really good partner to, to have on site. And of course, thanks to Jetco for introducing uh, and for helping make, uh, make this happen. Absolutely. And you mentioned too that, you know, that that partnership is so important that Jedco works with businesses like Cornerstone to identify other prospective businesses that are out there in the world who might have a benefit here. So so we love that you touched on that. Thank you. And that's what's nice is, is Jedco also has the competencies to understand what we do. Mm -hmm. And then they work in the background on helping make those deals happen. Right. And so and in a lot of cases, it's matchmaking. Right. And that's why, you know, even, even working with Jetco, Tom, who are you looking for on the site? Mm -hmm. Right. Well, they understand the chemistry, they understand the products. And so they also go out and hunt and try to find people that we can make that next extension with. Absolutely. So let's talk about you. Or actually, I think I skipped a question, I, but you talked about it a little bit. Um, the benefit of having other businesses co-located here. I think you touched on it, but if you if there's anything more you want to add, certainly sure. I'd love to hear that. So other benefits of having partners co-locate here in a complex is we can share. Not not only do we share our raw materials and and, and intermediate materials, we share resourcing. So if you think about electricity, mm -hmm. uh, if you think about IT infrastructure, if you think about training, buildings, instead of having to build a third or fourth parking lot, Great, we have spaces on ours. Uh, if you're needing to have a utility, whether that is demineralized water, instrument air, we're able to scale up in size. And if all you need is a little bit, right, you can come here and get what you need. Huh. Again, if, if you don't want to buy a whole pie but you need a slice, we can provide that slice. Again, that's how we can provide value to other tenants and people that want to co-locate here. We can reduce the overall size of their investment because we're happy to share because there's value to us as well. Um, and so no different than a, a good park where uh, you all get along. We work hard to do that. We have the same kind of common interests. And um, so anyway, that's, that's another extension. That's perfect. Um, I'm loving all of your analogies too. You're making it very easy for me to understand <laughs> exactly how everything works. So thank you. That's great. Um, 
let's talk about you. You have a long history in this industry. Um, can you talk about what set you on the path to Cornerstone? Sure. So I, I, I'm a chemical engineer by uh, by my education, and uh, been in part with the uh, the industry for as we said 30 years, and and uh, moved to Louisiana in 2009, and uh, my family and I started uh, this chapter at the uh, Geismer site where I was a site general manager, and. After 10 years growing and learning and, and certainly getting my appreciation to managing and running integrated manufacturing sites, this unique opportunity came up. Um, so I, I knew my uh, Paul who was retiring and for me to, to advance my training, my education, my learning, getting more adapt at a longer range vision for, for, for manufacturing. It was a very cool opportunity. So it's just one of those things, the right place, the right time. After 10 years, uh, it was time to, to do something else. And, and, and moving to Cornerstone, highly entrepreneurial, uh, minimal bureaucracy, uh, I get to have my my hands directly in what's the next three to five years to ten years going to be. So it's just exciting. It, it, it's giving me a new set of invigoration. Fantastic, incredible people here. Uh, my colleagues with the on the executive leadership team again, highly entrepreneurial. Want to want to do right by people, and it was it's fun. That's what I can say. It and there's 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 few times in life where you find something that you get to use all your capabilities. So thirty years of everything I've learned to try to make a positive impact to both uh, everybody uh, in the company, our community, the the business enterprise. It's everything just intersected at the right time. So I, I couldn't be more happy for for having this opportunity. I love when someone says that their job is fun. Yes. That is the best thing to hear. That's wonderful. No, and, and that's it's true. When you're talking to a lot of young professionals, people, oh, what can I make money on? What can I make money? You know, you can make money, but if you're not happy, right? Mm -hmm. where, where you really find the, the best thing in life is when you get to do something you really, really mm -hmm. love and you can earn an income to support your family with that, that's your, uh, I feel blessed and lucky that that happened. That's the dream, right? That is, that is that's living <laughs> that's the dream, right? Wonderful. So are you from Louisiana originally? No. So I actually grew up in Texas. Okay. So I grew up in Texas. Right next door. Right next door. But so always in the South, yeah. right? And so moving my family uh, here, two young kids, uh, when I came over in 2009, and they love it. And uh, my family's happy. And so, you know, a lot of people tell you once you move into Louisiana and you get really entrenched in the culture, uh, the, the excitement that people have for being here, uh, it's really hard to leave. Yeah. And uh, so right now we're, ex we're extremely happy. Family's doing great. Um, so, you know. Keep, keep rolling out Mardi Gras, the Saints, crawfishies, <laughs> and great fishing, yeah. and, and life is good. Yep, and I, I can attest to that. I'm a transplant as well. I'm originally from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, so I've been down here about 10 years as well, so... Um... I love it. It's no, a great place. It, it, no, it, it is. I mean, the, the culture, the, the love for life that people have, the yeah. hardworking nature, uh, it's something that it's, it's really hard to explain. Yeah. And so people will tell me when I first move in, sometimes it may be hard to get people here. <laughs> sure. But once you're here, you, you never want to leave. Yeah. yeah. You never want to leave. It's great. It really is. Um, well, I'm so, we're so happy you're here. We're so excited to have this opportunity to, to work with you. Um, 
anytime you talk about manufacturing, you'll inevitably get those questions about safety, environmental safety, employee safety, community safety. We know that Cornerstone operates under the highest safety standards possible, and I'd love to hear you talk about that. I know other people would too. Sure. No, I mean, our, our industry, right, is a high-profile industry. It's mm-hmm. no different than an airline industry, and the expectations put on our industry is to be perfect. Mm-hmm. And that's fair, right? I mean, as we talked about, a lot of the names of the chemistry and the things that we do can certainly be, be scary to people. But if you think about it, if you're flying in an airplane, right, and you're, you know, you're at 36,000 feet, you also have a lot of trust sure. right, as a passenger that the people who built the airplane, mm-hmm. people who maintenance the airplane, people who fly the airplane know what they're doing and right. you put your trust. And so I take that very seriously because our employees, my family, their families, our communities put trust in me, put trust in, our, in, in, in the people who work every day that we know that we're doing. So that's why we adopt a... a a commitment to zero and a commitment to zero means that we believe every single day we can do what we do safely Mm -hmm. and effectively and every day is a new day and every day we have to come in with that same commitment because when I talk about the near 500 people that we have here that's extended to all of the families and so it's not about safety for me is is an absolute commitment every day to do our best because it's it's about the moms and dads that work here. And so for the community that's around us, again, for us, we work here. We are at the center of everything. So it's not like we're a drop-in group of people that check on a site and then magically leave. Mm-mm. We're here every day. Right. And so it's in our best interest to work safely and work efficiently and, uh, and effectively 24-7. And, and so when you look at the regulations in our industry, whether it's the EPA, the DEQ, OSHA, Coast Guard, TSA, a lot of people don't understand how heavily regulated we are, how many audits and inspections, and, and that actually drives us to be better. Right. So, I mean, you're more apt to get hurt at home. You're more apt to get hurt on the road than you are at our site mm-hmm. simply because Every day we start off with safety. Every day we end with safety. Everything we talk about, we report everything. At home, if you got a ladder, putting up your Christmas lights, do you have somebody out there holding the ladder or do you just kind of quickly try to, to do it? Sure. I can't hear, right? If you're over six foot off the ground, you have to have a safety harness on. If you look at people building houses and doing those things, there's a different set of regulations. And so again, I embrace the regulations it makes us work harder, it makes us better, and it makes us focus on what we're going to do. Because it's not about numbers, it's about the men and women, it's about the children, it's about people at home, it's about people in the community that put the trust in us. And we are people. We're a group of mom and dads. We're a group of people who show up wanting to raise our families and make a good living. So again, hopefully you understand, for me, safety is personal because it's about people. It is ingrained in your company culture. It, it, it absolutely is. And, and that's something we talk about and preach every single day. And the other thing, too, that I think people should know is that these facilities that you are operating are also just state-of-the-art facilities. You know, the standards for safety are the highest they can possibly be. And 
anytime you're you're making improvements, you're you're improving on safety too. Right, and, and that's again, I think that's important to again to reflect. Is so again, if we go back to the cars, right? If you think about the cars built in 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 the late '60s and then the '70s, right? Seatbelts were optional, oh right? Gosh, yeah. Now they were big pieces of steel, but those things were optional. Mm-hmm. Now. As you think about the brand new 2020s that are rolling out, mm-hmm. you know, side airbags, top airbags, collision uh, indication, blinking lights, the safety features have improved so much uh, over the time that in the unlikely event that something does happen on our road, you're better protected. Mm-hmm. So when, when I would like to spend millions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars modernizing my facility, it is to do exactly that, Right. 60 years is 60 years. I need to replace the steel. I need to replace the pipe. I need to replace my answer. I do need to modernize. It makes me more efficient and effective, and it makes me safer. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, that's that's something else JEDCO also helps about, is how they can help me understand the, the capabilities to modernize, how to take advantage of some of the business incentives that the government knows is out there to incentivize me to modernize and keep up with the best and yeah. latest technology to make my site more uh, to make my site even safer mm-hmm. and more efficient so I can also compete on a global scale. Absolutely. So it, it goes back again to that relentless pursuit of zero. Uh, an installation like this, I have to spend 30, 40, 50 million dollars per year mm-hmm. to maintenance, modernize and keep up and hopefully if when things work out, I can continue to invest hundreds of millions of dollars in that new installation or that new modernization to keep me even safer. And that's and that's part of our commitment. Mm-hmm. And you've talked a lot about community. Um, you are heavily involved in the community. You talk about the families and all of the people who are here, the people within your company, but also the people outside of your company that are right next door. Um, Cornerstone is very active in philanthropic activities and charitable organizations. Can you talk about the importance of having a presence in your neighborhood? Sure. Being a valued corporate partner in the community is very important to Cornerstone. And it's 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 important for me personally and professionally that as an as a business that we find ways to give back. And what I like to do is I like to connect our employees to their passions and how they can give back, right? And so whether it's working with an organization for an early reading program, whether it's inspiring that next generation of of adult to participate in STEM, Robotics programs are great. It, it, gets, it gets young girls and young boys involved in programming, building, mechanics of things, and it inspires them because there's a lot of distractions nowadays. How do you pull a kid's head out of their phone? Well, if you get to build a cool robot and you get to battle those cool robots, they're, they're inspired. And then hopefully they'll say a, a, an education in the STEM fields, right? The science, technology, engineering, and math. It, it, it to see their eyes light up is great. And so that's why even, even for example, tomorrow we're doing job shadowing. Tomorrow that's and great. then next week where we're bringing in uh, seniors uh, to take a look. What does a chemical engineer do? What does an electrical engineer do? What does a production technician do? To help give them a glimpse. Oh, 
I could do that. Huh. And when they see our employees, young women and young men working together in a facility, hopefully it inspires them to, to think about it. But whether it's the United Way, whether it's supporting the faculty and the students at Chabonet uh, School, whether it's supporting great technical colleges uh, like Delgado that we have here, or even reaching out to our local fire department and civic associations, I honestly believe we can we can make a difference. And when I think about it, too many times the word corporation gets tossed around as, you know, being big and cold, right? Mr. Burns sitting mm-hmm. in a maniacal office <laughs> figuring out ways. Well, but again, that that's not true. We're we're all people, right? right? And it's the decisions that we make, it's how we embrace our employees, how we create employees and help employees give back to their passions. If you have somebody that's intimately involved with the United Way because it's touched their lives, and getting them to be on boards of non of uh, charitable organizations, whether it's food pantry, it, it's enable for me to say if you're going to spend your time as an employee in an organization like that, I'm happy to put our company money behind you to empower you to do the greater good, because there there is need in our community, and government doesn't do it all. Right? right, private individuals pick up a heavy load, oh, and yeah. so as as companies, we've got to support that with people their their time, and of course the finances to uh, to support those organizations and allow them to to do good. So it you know people have talked about it before. It does take a village, and you know we're we're a big piece of that. Well, and I love that you mentioned that you enable your employees to get involved and volunteer, and I think that that kind of jumps into my next question, which is about company culture. You know, you, you hear that word a lot. It's a big buzzword now, company culture and how you, you know, have employees engaged and how you retain quality employees. Um, I read on your website that you have a very robust wellness team and a focus on wellness at Cornerstone um, on top of all the other things that you're doing, you know, safety and um, community engagement. So can you talk about that wellness piece? Sure. Our employees are the key to our success, right? Mm-hmm. We, we can't do anything with without our employees. Uh, issues such as stress, mental health, family health, sure. and our physical health all affect our capability to perform, Absolutely. right? And so we at Cornerstone recognize that we need to spend as much time on our employees' wellness as we do with training and development. Yeah. If you think it's really no different than a star athlete, right? Uh, A star athlete can be physically fit, but if they're striking out right at the plate recurrently, okay, well, what's happening? What's, what's in your mind? And so I think, I think a lot of organizations are realizing that, you know, if, if you, you got to spend time making sure that that whole person is there. So also they don't get hurt. And again, if you have an employee who's distracted or they're not healthy, or if you have a family member that's struggling Mm -hmm. in in one capacity or another, their mind's not going to be where it needs to be. And if their mind's not where it needs to be, they could make a mistake that hurts them or hurts a coworker. So, um, it's, it's, it, it, it helps everybody. Um, it, it reduces long-term, it reduces medical costs right? If, if you're doing your physical, if you are getting it. And what was great is we had a wellness fair on the site and in the parish, uh, people came out from uh, stress reducing organizations, which also include financial planning, huh. right? So if you think about it, if, if you're planning for your retirement yeah. and you feel financially sound, you're not going to be nearly as stressed or pressed. Um, 
family counseling, uh, how to take, how to do better eating. We brought the LSU Ag Center out and it showed they were cooking all kinds of dishes with quinoa and making green <laughs> green shakes and other things that again how to how to counter not only how to count your calories how to monitor your sugar intake your salt intake so again when you see all of these healthcare providers out yeah. there it's something that people will say yeah I'll get to that later mm-hmm. so for us we have a fitness facility on site wow so that means employees before oh, man, I'm too tired I can't go after work it's right here as you're driving past it are you really going to drive past Mm -hmm. it uh your lunch break well great if you want to go walk on a treadmill because it's too hot you can do that if it's weather if it's nicer weather as as we'll be experiencing here in the fall uh we're enabling people to address issues that maybe they wouldn't have had time to and trying to remove some of those barriers so we provided a ton of resources here there are over 20 stations we had a couple of hundred employees come out and sit down and get brochures and again making it easier and and connecting the dots is something that we can do to make a positive impact in the lives of everybody here on the site and at the end of the day if you've got people who are sound of mind sound of body they're going to do better at work they're going to do better for their family they're going to have less likely have incidents or injuries it's a win-win for everybody and do you find um that this helps with employee retention as well i mean are you seeing that there are people who who i mean i think there are probably a lot of reasons probably not just the wellness piece but you know i imagine that a lot of people stay here a long time sure we've had and we have people who are in their late 70s -hmm. right still working in our facility and and that was that goes back to one of your questions tom what what attracted you to cornerstone talking with uh with people that are here it 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 is a family culture all families go through change just over time. Sure. As people move out and people move in. But that core essence of Tom, you know, as a kid, I'd go went to the Easter egg hunt. Or, hey, I remember doing a jambalaya cook-off. There again, that, that's something that is an essence of family. Yeah. And that's something today that we're trying very, very hard to uh, continue to keep going as we bring in new people, mm-hmm. as workplace gets even busier and even if that drifts a little bit how do we really focus on again creating that environment and culture that everybody who comes here every day whether you're a direct employee or a contractor feels that they're important they can contribute uh what they have to say is valued and that they're part of a a great organization that cares about themselves, cares obviously deeply about our community, and as well as the most uh, the people while we're here is serving our customers that depend on us to make our quality products right. every day. This is just uh, so wonderful. I'm I'm really enjoying hearing about all of the great work that you guys do, um, the the work that you do for your employees for the community. Um, as we mentioned, Cornerstone has been in business in Jefferson for approximately 60 years. Um, let's talk about some of the business of doing business, some of the benefits of doing business in Jefferson Parish. And you've touched on some of that already. Sure. So, so I've, been, I've been at Cornerstone uh, a year now. 
right? And one of the observations certainly in, in our area is really how strong a business community we have in Jefferson Parish. Whether it's thinking about the Jefferson Chamber, whether it's thinking about the Business Council, and thinking about JEDCO. I mean, these, this, these are organizations that focus on uh, JEDCO. How does the that's the face of the face and the act of the state here locally, right? You have the chamber, which is such a strong place for all businesses to intersect and to drive those policies and to drive a community where we, how do we work together? How do we, how do, how do we also stay integrated? And then, of course, the business council, what, what are those issues about how do we sustain business moving forward? So, it's, it's, it's really an incredibly strong business community. Uh, and of course, the proximity to NOLA never hurts, right? If I think about the logistics, NOLA is also the place where you have the intersection of class, class one railroads, uh, a great new airport that's going to be opening up its new terminal anytime mm-hmm. now, uh, and the Mississippi River, right? So the interstate, you have water, you have rail, you have air. It, it's really an a logistics epicenter, right? Unlike anything else in uh, in the state. So that strong business community to help and support as, as we grow, having strong logistics, certainly. And then, of course, the great people, right? If, if I think about uh, the, the workforce, right, that is here and the potential for education capabilities, uh, it's, it's really like um, no other area. So, and those, those are obviously three key pieces that are needed to bring a business here and to success, successfully maintain, retain, and grow your business. And I'm so glad that you mentioned some of those because those are really key talking points for Jetco when we're going out and bringing prospective businesses here. I mean, we hear a lot of the time, just like you said, we're located in the largest intermodal transportation system in the South. We, we have it all. We're just right there. So that is, it's really, it's really nice to hear the businesses that are here talk about those benefits because, because they are so vast and that's, that's wonderful to hear. Right. And, and, you know, we, we, we are in general, I would say a relatively humble culture, right? Mm-hmm. Manufacturing is a humble culture. Right. And because we expect excellence every day. And if, if we're not hitting excellence, somehow we're, we're struggling, right? Well, sure. why, why didn't I hit excellence? Right. So we, we forget sometimes to, to talk about what the great things manufacturing actually does. And again, the, with the intermodal, we've got a lot to brag about. And uh, we just need to continue to talk about all those benefits. Absolutely. Now, we've talked about some of the benefits. Um, obviously, running a manufacturing business can come with some challenges. So what challenges has Cornerstone experienced over the years and how have you overcome them? So I think one thing in general in manufacturing that, that's a trend and, and Cornerstone is, is, is right with it, there is a change in workforce. Mm-hmm. As we mentioned, you know, uh, over 60 years now, no one works forever. And so when you look at it, especially coming out of the Great Recession in, in 2010 and 11, there was starting a change in, in workforce turnover. And most, most folks in manufacturing have seen typically anywhere between an attrition of 40 to 50% of their workforce. People who've just moved on want to retire and move to, to the next stage in life. And so, you know, there have been uh, across the U.S. worker shortages in the millions. Where are those qualified people uh, getting into manufacturing? And so when you, when you say is, well, what happens when you have a turnover of, of 40 to 50 percent? You lose that knowledge. 
right? There was always that great gal mm-hmm. or that great guy that just knew how to do it. Right. Well, did you pass that knowledge on? And so knowledge management, right? Well, why isn't this working the way it should? Well, Sally just always took care of it, right? And so that's, that's a general trend. The positive I've found is that by bringing in new people, there's a diversity of ideas. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe we should try it this way. Oh, help me understand. Why do we do it this way? It's a very respectful way to challenge the status quo and how you do it, as well as really the having the ability to up our game when it comes to safety and environmental performance. So you have new people coming in and when you set the expectation from day one, right? That our commitment to our employees, our family, and as our community is that we do our job right. We do it the first time and we're incident and injury free. We can bake that culture in from day one, which will have a long-term sustaining impact mm-hmm. for certainly for the better. And of course, technology has a huge, huge impact now. We know the workforce of today is very different. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the past, everything was hands-on. The new younger individuals coming in um, want accessibility to information. They want to be able to pull open their phone. They want to be able to read things on mobile devices. And and so this is also a very different culture with different expectations. Mm -hmm. So as a manufacturing industry, one of the the biggest topics is Industry 4.0 and smart industry. How... How do you pull up that procedure? How do you do your work with handhelds, mobile devices? Uh, And so there's this confluence of technology, which has an incredible ability to drive us forward. Uh, And so ourselves ourselves and well, it's called digitization. How Mm -hmm. do we take all this information and use it for preventative, predictive maintenance? How do we use it to predict where that next injury or accident could potentially be? How do we make sure that people are as absolutely equipped and trained as possible so this this industri- this new industrial revolution is is going to be exciting and there's a lot of very cool technology that's coming with it but again it still comes back to the people mm-hmm. right if you have great people who are well trained and who are have a commitment to excellence uh, that tool just makes them better doesn't replace them it simply helps them be even better is that something that you know, you did mention that workforce has been a challenge, not just for Cornerstone, but across the entire country. And that's something that we as a community and as a region, you know, Jedco, Greater New Orleans, Inc., uh, LED, all of us are really trying to tackle this challenge. And so we work with a lot of um, the local universities and um, the community colleges, those, you know, to develop that pipeline of skilled workers Are you starting to see, maybe even from schools like Delgado, for instance, that the the folks that are going through those programs are getting the training they need to be successful. No, absolutely. And in, in fact, um, it was it was exciting to participate on October 1st, a manufacturing day mm-hmm. at Delgado. So a great event that Jedco hosted and trying to connect people to it, mm-hmm. right? Trying to connect educators to businesses. At educators asking businesses, what do you need? Right. What are what are those skills that your that that your employees that you see lacking? And what we what we have to continue to do is to also communicate more efficiently and effectively to caregivers sure. because there there are still a few biases out there as it relates to manufacturing. Right. 
uh, caregivers have it sometimes that the only way to be successful is to go to a four-year learning institute and come out with a degree. And, and that bias just isn't isn't accurate, right? right? Absolutely. Del, Delgado has great programs, right? And so for, for those young individuals that are coming out of high school and have benefited from state programs like Jumpstart mm-hmm. that have given them industrial-based credentials mm-hmm. to get a jump on their career if they need to be workforce ready and then can go to a Delgado or to an ABC and get some additional advanced training, these individuals within two years from high school can already be making a very, very good living wage. Mm-hmm. When, you're, when you're earning two years out of school, 20 and $30 an hour coming yeah. out, that's a great career. And there are still some, some folks that live that manufacturing somehow as a bunch of a bunch of guys running around in hard hats with greased up faces and oil everywhere. Right. That's that's just not true. Right. Uh, we are a high tech industry producing high tech products, and we've evolved over times. But somehow that bias still sits there. And, and part of that reason is, as manufacturing, we have to do a better job educating, inviting people into our facilities. And that's why, as I mentioned, even now bringing in students and having them job shadow, having them following people around and leaving going, oh, well, that was actually pretty cool. Yeah. I think I could do that. Helps people understand that manufacturing is one of the core industries, right? If you think about it, that has actually driven America, right? Absolutely. And and while we have great things such as tourism Mm -hmm. and agriculture Mm -hmm. and other pieces out there, manufacturing provides incredibly high-paying jobs, provides ongoing careers, requires a lot of capital investment, which means that if it does come, it brings all kinds of ancillary jobs. Yeah. And and that's what I liked best about Manufacturing Day is it starts to connect people. And I think the next step there, and, and that's why I appreciate the opportunity to even speak, is to brag what manufacturing does. There are so few things that has five to eight multiplier in terms of jobs, the tax revenue that's generated from uh, from major manufacturing, the major capital investments, and at the end of the day, manufacturing is responsible for solving some of those problems that uh, that um, yeah that we see coming. Right? If you think about wind energy, I love wind energy. Who do you think manufactures? The windmills, right? These are 200-foot <laughs> blades, right? Right. My technology in acrylonitrile goes into carbon fiber that makes a 200-foot lightweight blade, for example, that can generate renewable clean energy that then can get transported in. So that's what manufacturing does. That's why I get so excited about it. So to think that I can offer these opportunities to young men and women, you just wonder, what are we going to build in the future? That's what manufacturing does. And, um, and we just have to make sure that we communicate effectively to caregivers that getting in manufacturing provides you not only a great career for you and your family, it fundamentally can change the face of, uh, of, our, of our nation and our planet. And again, we, you know, this is such, you know, we talk about manufacturing as one of just the big assets, right? I mean, it's, this industry is huge and it has so many far-reaching far-reaching impact i think you talked a little bit about the importance of manufacturing in communities like ours so i want to hear what it means to you as you know you're you're running this business you're the work that you're doing is so valuable 
Um, how does that make you feel to know that your products are all over the world, that your people are happy, that you're creating jobs and investment? I and mean, what does that feel like for you? you know, I have a tremendous amount of pride, right? Pride and, and excitement. And in fact, that's how even, even at a young age, that's how I wanted to get into engineering. I wanted to build something, right? I wanted to build something tangible. And even when I started my career as a project engineer, spending think time and designing but what I really enjoyed was taking a step back and seeing something built, right? Something that I that I and, and coworkers had our, our hands in. And that's why even for our company, right? You know, I like being out in front. I like owning who I am and who we are as a company and pride in terms of how we improve the quality of life. And uh, so I don't like standing in the shadows. Sure. I do like being out in front. And I wouldn't do that with something that I, I didn't fully believe in, right? right. And, and to stand in front of 500 men and women that show up here every day and being proud of what we do and how we make those, those benefits, uh, I love talking about it. And yeah. so, so that's even a huge advantage today is if you think about where we would be without the products that we produce, you're not going to have the airplanes. You're not going to have the automobiles. You're not going to have your iPhones. Well, who who's going to make it? And in many cases, you know, there will be people saying, okay, well, not in my backyard. We'll just make mm -hmm. it some other place. Well, if you think about that, what are you giving up? You're giving up jobs that, that, that people earn starting at, at $80,000 a year. I mean, you hire a kid out of college making $80,000 a year. Which is incredible. Which is incredible. Yeah. If you think about our, our production operators, our I&E technicians and people, right? You have people that will generate incredibly great incomes for their families. And that income goes right back into the community, mm -hmm. into the houses that you buy, the cars that you buy, the restaurants that you frequent, all of our great festivals that we have, right? The tickets to the Saints games, Right. Yep. And all those fun things that we can do for Mardi Gras, it's it's with that quality of life that uh, that they bring and the jobs and all the ancillaries won. So it's it's not just about being here. It's about truly the value. And then the the all the money. Right. For charitable and, and those organizations that get brought back in and then the positive impacts that we can make to to residents, citizens and, and students in the area. It's so much more than a, than a manufacturing unit sitting in here. We are absolutely an integral part of a total economy and an ecosystem that we consider Jefferson Parish. You are so passionate, which I love. This is great. Um, I, I just have a couple more questions because I know I've kept you here and you're very busy. So um, we talked about workforce development. It is so important to develop a pipeline of skilled workers that can come into a job and do the work and you know, make the, this great money that you were talking about, especially for the manufacturing industry. So what advice would you give to someone potentially looking to break into the manufacturing industry? So, so for me, it always starts with two things, education and initiative, mm -hmm. right? And education, again, does not necessarily mean a four-year post-secondary education, right? It can mean an apprenticeship. Mm -hmm. It can mean trying something in school. One of the great things that I've seen the state really working on is from their workforce workforce and the workforce investment is really identifying those four and five star jobs, then tying that back into the high schools and providing career and technical education mm -hmm. and getting these young people to say, well, 
sure, why not do a basic electrical class? Or why not do a basic welding class in, uh, in high school? Try it. Yeah. Try it and see and see if you like that and, and opening up your mind. So, again, picking anything that you, you have some passion on in education and then initiative. You have to show up. Right. No matter what you want to do in life to be successful, you have to show up and you have to, you have to want to excel. Right. And that's initiative. And that's something there. Again, you also have to find the right fit. But there are so many great things to try here, whether it's, again, Nunez, Delgado, any of our career technical, whether it's uh, career academies, any of these places, I'd encourage any young professional try it and see if you, you like it. And again, when you're young in your life, you get to try multiple things. Right. Then then pick a passion. Right. Pick a passion and, and move forward with it. That is excellent advice. Um, what is next on the horizon for Cornerstone? What's what do you guys have going on in the future? Sure. Well, I mean, for 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 me, part of the part of the entrepreneurial spirit of coming to Cornerstone, which brought me here to begin with, is growth, right? Um, being part of growing a business, right? I, I didn't come here with my passion, my my wanting to be out front, and and again coming from Texas, swagger, right? Is to sit idly by and watch the world pass us by, right? I want to grow, right? I want to grow here in Jefferson Parish. I want to create more jobs. I want to look at where are my aging facilities that I can sink hundreds of millions of dollars in and reinvestment. Um, you know, Cornerstone is is one of the very, very few, and I'm trying to think of if there are really how many other ones. We we are a Louisiana business, right? We're we're headquartered today in Jefferson Parish. Our facility today is in Jefferson Parish, and and that's something that we should be proud of, and and uh, and want to and and again be prideful, right? So to ensuring we can grow. So we've got a lot of uh, very interesting opportunities. Jetco continues to bring uh, partners that could potentially co-locate here, and of course they have choices. Right. And of course, the big state of Texas is always a draw. Mm-hmm. So I've got to continue to be on my game. Uh, the community's got to be on their game, because if we're not growing and investing, eventually you 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 lose out, you lose out. Yeah. Right. And I don't want it. I want mm-hmm. I want to be prideful and proud. And people should understand what a special place this is. And uh so whether it's bringing in third-party partners, whether it's modernizing my facility, and whether it's bringing in that new production unit that uh, we'd like to bring in next, you know, my commitment is to do it right, do it safely, and continue to grow, and then give back the community. Perfect. Um, any other questions I haven't asked that you want to talk about? <laughs> no, no, no. I, again, I think uh, I think we're good. I mean, for 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 me, it's just really to to show my appreciation for the eff- efforts that Jedco's done, right, to attract and retain businesses in Jefferson Parish. Having really a partner at the state who cares and who is out in front rather than passively sitting around uh, awaiting, I think is is great. There's great opportunities to grow manufacturing here, but there's obviously also some challenges that I believe can that we can overcome through education, mm-hmm. outreach, and greater understanding really of what the value that manufacturing brings to the community. So um, I'm looking forward to, to what the next year's has ahead. I'm looking to, to, to grow, looking to add value and, and to be that, uh, that valued community partner and uh, certainly go ahead and uh, grow our business in the, in the, in the parish of Jefferson Parish. Well, well, we are looking forward to all the exciting 
like the exciting work that is on the horizon. Thank you so, so much for your time. This has been an absolute delight, Tom. No, I appreciate it. No, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity, and uh, hopefully we'll have some more good news coming soon. Can't wait. Thank, thank you. you. A very special thanks to Tom for taking time out of his busy schedule to be a part of the show. It was such a pleasure to chat with him about this dynamic, impactful manufacturing company. Most Thursdays, we will release new episodes of the Jefferson Parish Pulse. This season, we're highlighting the manufacturers that have helped to make this area a hub for business and innovation. To be sure you don't miss out on these amazing business stories, subscribe to the Jefferson Parish Pulse on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. If you like what you hear, feel free to give us a good rating or leave a comment on the episode. All of that helps other people find our show and enjoy it too. Of course, we will be sharing links to all of our episodes on social media platforms. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Jedco underscore news and on Facebook at Jefferson Parish Economic Development. You can also visit our website at jedco.org. We want to hear from you. If you have feedback about the show or you'd like to recommend a guest, please email me at kscram at jedco.org. Thanks so much for listening. So since you're not from here originally, um, are you a Saints fan? Of course. Of course. <laughs> and, so, and so think about timing, right? There you go. <laughs> so think about timing. So I showed up in 2009 and what happened in 2009, oh, yes. right? So I take full credit. Right for uh, <laughs> it was all you. It was it was the fact that I moved here. Yep. No, it's it's again. What's what's great about Louisiana, and certainly what's great about the the area, is the passion and the commitment yep. uh, that uh, that people have for for what we do. Yep. And of course, the Saints are a, are a huge part of that. And so, if if you look at uh, if you look at that as an organization, and if you look at the fan base, there is nothing like going into the Superdome and watching everybody just go absolutely crazy yep. when the team takes its field, yep. when there's a third down uh, and the Saints are on the defense, uh, and and when you look at what, what they do. So, who dat? Who dat? Who dat? Who dat? <laughs>